Well, I guess that's it. We can go. That's all we needed to listen to, wasn't it? That's it, man. Guitar solos. Great guitar solos, and we're out. Yeah, maybe we should have saved that for a finale. <laughs> we can always play it again. <laughs> so, welcome to Todd and Jay Live from the basement, and Todd's going to carry the workload of this one, because Jay is still getting over some bronchitis, laryngitis. Jay's got a frog in his throat today. Froggy, 101 FM. Yes, we're going <laughs> to power through this. Nice. So we opened with a phenomenal, one of the probably best-known solos of all time. Is that fair to say? I would say so. I think everybody knows Eruption by Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen, one of the greatest guitar players of all time. It's weird to hear Eruption, though, and then not hear You Really Got Me. They just always go together. Right. It's like like hearing We Will Rock You without We Are the Champions. Right. It's really weird. That's what I was waiting for when when it faded out. I'm like, wait a minute. Where's it at? Where is it? No. <laughs> we took the kids to see the Minion movie a couple years ago yeah. when it came out. Horrible, by the way. I don't recommend it. But at the end, one of the little Minions gets a guitar. I can't remember why. And that's where he starts shredding. Nice. I mean, it's it's the Eddie Van Halen track. But I'm like, where did that come from? That's awesome. The kids man. aren't going to know what that is. It's a nice little touch for the they adults. Need, they need to know what it is. They should. You raise your kids right, you teach them good music. That's what you do. That's right, ideally. My daughter's 22. Her favorite band is Queen. It's a good choice. Yes. <laughs> That's one of the girls I dance. I think we've said this on the air before. Hugest Queen fan you'll ever meet. Nice. She kept asking me if I'd seen the movie yet, which I did finally see. Did you? Yeah. How'd you like it? Oh, I liked it quite a bit. We're going to end up doing a review on that movie. Oh, that's what I was thinking. I already had that in my mind. But Rami Malik, I mean... He just became Freddie Mercury. Oh, yeah. It was... Dude, I love the movie. It was killer. Yeah, Killer Queen. Yes, Killer Queen. She's a killer queen. Don't make me hit those high <laughs> notes today. It's not going to happen. No, you could sing like Barry White today, maybe. But... I could get my way down Hey, here. baby. <laughs> I still can't get that low. So tell me about some guitar solos. What do we want to talk about and listen to? I don't know, man. There's uh, Eddie Van Halen's got so many of them. And right, Eddie Van. He's one of the top guitar players of all time. So, but one of my favorites, and it's actually another Van Halen, or a, not a Van Halen, but an Eddie Van Halen solo, is a guitar solo from Beat It, and I think everybody knows that guitar solo as well. I mean, it's classic. Well, everyone off made... of one of the, uh, isn't it still the top selling album of all time, Thriller? It's got to be up I there. think it's still the one of the, if not the top, one of the top-selling albums of all time. Unless it's been unseated by Katie or uh, Taylor Swift or someone. I don't know. Um, killer album, Michael Jackson, extremely talented. The whole band on that album was my favorite band, Toto, David Page, Jeff Picaro, Steve Lukather, and then Eddie Van Halen coming in and doing the guitar solo and beat it. So... We're going to see that a couple of times, too, where a lot of people probably don't realize who's actually playing on these records. Right. You know the name. You know Michael Jackson. You didn't know that Eddie Van Halen's playing on it. You may yep. know David Bowie. You don't know that that's Stevie Ray Vaughan who's playing on it. Right. And Michael Jackson was notorious for using great guitar players, man. And uh, Dirty Diana, that was Steve Stevens from Billy Idol's band. And then he used Slash on one of his albums as well. Oh, he did. Um, was it bad? <laughs> Um, I can't remember what it, it wasn't off bad because I think Dirty Diana is off bad, right. but it was another album. But Slash was on that one. Someone so. spot check us. Let us know. Yes, send us an email. 
Put it in the comments. Why don't you rip me off some beat it, man? All right, right from the solo here? Yeah. Still great. Killer. 30, 35 years later. Yeah, when ish. Didn't that come out in 84, I think? Somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah. Still one of the top guitar solos of all time. And um, there's actually another guitar player that does an instrumental version of that. He plays the Michael Jackson vocal part on guitar and then the solo and everything. John Five. Oh, yeah. Who's. Um, guitar player for Marilyn, Marilyn Manson, Manson, Rob Zombie, and who is actually an incredible country chicken-picking guitar player. I would never ex- expect that from no, him. not at all, but he is. He's incredible. But he does, on one of his uh, last, about two or three albums ago, he did a version of Beat It, and it was incredible. Identical solo, but he did the actual vocal part as well. It, it was amazing. Remember he came, he was in Flint a few months ago? Yeah. And I said, hey, did you know he was in Flint? No, because we would have went. Because every time he's come to the Token Lounge, we've gone. That would have been an experience. Yeah, it's phenomenal, man. If you check out my Facebook page, anybody that is friends with me, there's pictures of the John 5 show for the last five years from the Token Lounge. I'm always that fool standing up front. (laughs) So what about some solos before rock and roll? Did you do any deep dives? No, I tell did, me. I did one in particular. There's a guy from, I want to say the 40s. His name's Django Reinhardt. Oh, I know exactly who that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What What is he Killer. so well... Killer player, man. And what is he so well known for, do you know? I don't. He's known for uh, severely being, severely burnt, including his hand. Oh, wait, I do know that. Yeah. I do remember reading that. So he essentially had to relearn how to play right. with... Essentially with only three fingers. Right. You want to hear a little bit of them? Yeah. Give me some. That's pretty darn impressive for a guy who's only playing with three fingers. Oh, yeah. There's a couple of players out there that are like that. Um, I know in the guitar world, you say the name Phil Keggy. Everybody knows who Phil Keggy is. And on his picking hand, he's actually missing his middle finger. You know, you never notice it. 
and you, you'd never be able to tell it by the way he plays, but he's missing his middle finger. And there's actually a, a, a studio bass player out of Nashville named Gary Lunn, and he's missing his middle finger as well for a bass player. So he's Which playing, is obviously right, playing with his ring finger and his first finger as opposed to his first two. <laughs> God, that would feel weird. Oh, yeah. It's a whole different beast. It's impressive that when you have that level of talent and ability, what you can yeah, overcome. you can adapt. Well, look at Tony Iommi. He's missing two fingertips, and he's got actual prosthetic fingertips that he puts on his right. hand to play guitar, which is weird to me because I don't know if I could play without sensation like feeling the strings actually right so so at some point you just have to trust right that you know your hand knows where your it's ability supposed to be. your muscle memory right yeah but these guys like these guitar players we're talking about these great guitar solos these guys are just they're off the charts man i mean you you go hear guys that are really good and and listen to these guys but then there's this whole other level where you got your eddie van halens and uh, Slash and Stevie Ray Vaughan and David Gilmore and all of these guys that are just incredible players, man. And they're the ones that have come up with some of the best solos. Can we get into one of those guys? Who do you want to talk about? Who do we want to hear from? From that list you just named. Let's, Eddie Van Halen, Slash, let's Stevie do, uh, Ray Vaughan. This is another one of my favorite all-time solos, man. Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd, David Gilmore. Incredible tone, not a ripping fast solo, but it's it's so tasty. Like every note is perfectly placed. The and first solo, the earlier solo, because he, he rips up too. Yeah, he does too. I like both of them, but I think the earlier solo because you're you're by the time you hit that first solo, you're really into the song, and it's just a slow, good tune. But the 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 solo is just a slow melodic solo, but it's such a good solo. fast forward and hit me the second solo too because I think that one's I mean that one's noteworthy too and that's something I wanted to get into also is um, let it play out
something I wanted to talk about too is how the solos make the song or how they integrate with the song. And I mean, they're shredding just a shred, right? Right. There's just ripping off something just to show your prowess and your abilities. Right. And then there's some solos that really just, just speak to the song. It just has all the characteristics of that song. Yeah. They totally add to the song. And I, you know, I give props to the shredders, man, the guys that can, they can rip a hundred miles an hour, but some of these guys that can just play a couple of notes that will move you. That's a solo, man. That's incredible. And I've gotten what I think is an example of that. I don't, I don't think most people think of edge, the edge from you two. Oh yeah. As being this shredder, you know, no, just, not at all. But I mean, the way they integrate everything so well into their vision of right. what their music is right. and what their songs sound like. Um, this is from a song called magnificent and it kind of closes the song but, I mean, it just captures the entire the entire feel of the song. Nice. It's like maybe 10 notes in that whole solo. And Edge uses a lot of trickery when he plays, right? Right. Uh, he'll put a lot of effects on it. So is that okay? Is that cheating? No, not at all. I'm one of the uh, I'm one of the guitar players that has the belief of you have those tools at your disposal, use them. Anything that's going to add to that song, anything that's going to make it sound good, use it, man. Add as much grease as you want. It's incredible. Why don't we pull up another... uh, I'm going to pull off another Eddie Van Halen solo from the album 1984, Jump. It was like this total different concept for a hair band because it was all synthesizer. Most of the song was played on the keyboard. But it's got this ripping guitar solo right in the middle of it. Typical Eddie Van Halen. Incredible. And a great album, by the way. That was one of the first albums that I owned. I remember when it came out and I didn't know if I was supposed to like rock and roll. (laughs) I didn't know what my parents would think about this. Like this real heavy sound. and Oh, listen, when David Lee Roth went solo and he came out with that album, Eat Em and Smile, his first album... And on the front of it, it was him with the tribal, like real um, colorful makeup on and the headdress thing. I had the actual LP album and I had it over my grandma's for some reason. And I accidentally left it there and my grandma found it and called my dad and I was going to hell for listening to this. It was terrible. But I look back and I think it's hilarious now. I used to try and get away with listening to in the car with my parents, like Robin Williams or Eddie Murphy doing their stand-up backs. Oh, my god! And I knew them by heart. So <laughs> it'd get to the part where it's going to be really raunchy and there's going to be some F-bombs flying. And I would try to start talking over the over the cassette Thinking to my parents. 
think you could disguise it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at least one of those cassettes went out the window. <laughs> All right. Do you want to hear that? Give me, give me some jump, man. Oh, sorry. totally forgot about the keyboard solo after the guitar solo which yeah. is eddie van halen playing the keyboard as well oh is it is he playing that, yep that's him doing that solo too the dude's a phenomenal musician i think some someone who's gonna be underrepresented in this are gonna be the country players because i don't think we really queued up a lot of their solos but no we didn't who are some really good country guitar oh keith urban um Brad Paisley, uh, Brent Mason, uh, who else we got? Johnny Highland. These guys are just incredible pickers, man. I think I knew two of those names. Lightning Fast. Yeah, you probably wouldn't know uh, Brent Mason and Johnny Highland. Brent Mason is known as the top recorded guitarist in the world. And he's out of Nashville. He doesn't tour. He does live shows at little clubs in Nashville. But he plays on anybody who's huge that comes out of there. Brent Mason's playing on that. Is that the kind of gig you'd want to have? Oh, incredible. Yes. <laughs> I would love that. Get up, roll into the studio, play guitar for a few hours, come home, make a few thousand dollars. Cool. Not a bad day's work. Nah, not at all. It's different now, though. Even if you talk to, you know, I listen to interviews with different guitar players. My favorite, Steve Lukather. He was a huge session player back in the 70s and 80s. I mean, that's how he made his living. And uh, all of them say the same thing, man. It's totally different nowadays because of home recording and, and the digital world. You know, I can record a guitar solo or a, a song and send it to some other guy somewhere. You don't have to go to the studio anymore. It's easy. And you can also digitally tweak the heck out of it, too. Right. And you could play a chord and then go into your editing software and change that to a whole different chord. You can change the tones. So, modern, I, modern technology, man. I was really impressed. I can't remember if we've talked about this on the show or not. But, um, and just stop me if we have, but Howard Stern's birthday party a few years ago? I don't think so. Uh, one of the guests was Adam Levine. Oh, from uh, Maroon 5. From Maroon 5. And he was there, uh, he sang Purple Rain. But I did not know. And he's got I got an incredible voice. Oh, yeah. I can belt. But I was really surprised when he started shredding and just ripping out the solos. 
himself. Really? I did not realize that he actually played. I didn't know that either. Do singers who don't play guitar or play an instrument, do they get a bad rap? Do, is there a lot of, oh, it's easy to sing. You don't need an instrument for that. Oh, no, no, no. Well, I know. I, <laughs> I'm not agreeing with it. I'm just saying. I don't think so. Do you respect him more because he does play? No, I think he's a phenomenal musician either way. Oh, oh goodness. Okay. I got it. Actually, I know what that was. Oh, okay. I'm like, what was that little hum? Um, actually, the guitar player from Maroon 5, he's a great guitar player, man. Couldn't pick him out of a lineup. No? I think his last name, uh, Valentine. His last name is Valentine. Something Valentine. Scott Valentine or James something? Valentine. Like James Valentine. I just there had it go. pulled up. I'm not. Ah, bravo. Nice. <laughs> Good call. Because I was trying to remember Adam Levine's name. It just was not coming to me. I he's have sick brain. He's over over the last few years is really getting a good reputation, a lot of respect in the guitar community as a as a great player. James Valentine or James Valentine, yeah, he's a he's a real solid player, and I actually have a, a good Maroon Five live album, and the stuff he does on there is pretty tight, man. I like it. I think those those quote unquote pop bands, though. I mean, there's a lot of talent in there. Mm-hmm. You know, we discuss every time we discuss bare naked ladies. Yeah, and who doesn't like bare naked ladies? But they're great musicians. Look at the guys from Train. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a great band too, man. When they ripped, when they pulled out that, uh, is it Led Zeppelin two that mm-hmm. they covered front to right. back? Oh, it's killer. Well, it's so good. Look at the stuff that Weezer's turning out, man. These covers that they're doing, they're phenomenal. Yeah, just last week they released the Teal album, which is all covers, really, including Paranoid. By nice. Black Sabbath, um, they put some funky ones in there too. They they put No Scrubs in there from TLC. Really, <laughs> yeah. nice. Africa's on there, of course. They didn't put Rosanna on there though. Really, and you've heard you've heard that cover, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's great, man. They do such a good job. Uh, that's funny because Toto actually did a, a covers album a few years ago too, and they had a, a version of While My Guitar Gently Weeps, House of the Rising Sun. Um, they had a Steely Dan tune, a Stevie Wonder tune, and it, it was great, man. I loved it. That's they did a, they did Sunshine of Your Love on there too. Oh, Cream! Yeah, yeah, it was a great, great version. So, I have someone else queued up. Um, we haven't talked about yet too much. We mentioned his name, but Stevie Ray Vaughan. Right. Tell me about Stevie. I love Stevie Ray Vaughan, man. He's. He's I mean, what, what can you say about the guy? Phenomenal player, funky, groove, blues, super talented. Gone way too soon. Gone way too soon. Died in a in a helicopter crash after doing a concert with Eric Clapton and I forget who else. Some kind of big blues concert. Died in a helicopter crash. I think in 1990, the year I graduated high school. I remember I was working at Howard Turner's Packaging making cardboard boxes, and we used to listen to the riff. And that morning, it came over the riff while I'm standing at work. I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? I was fortunate enough I got to see him live one oh, yeah. time with his brother's band, the Fabulous Thunderbirds, opening yeah. up for him, which it was great. What a great show. But not Not to make light of a horrible situation, but it would be an interesting topic for another episode is... Famous rockers who have died in some kind of crash. 
oh, yeah. <laughs> met their fiery demise. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of those. Skinner, right? Skinner, um, Otis Redding. Yep. The, the, the Rock big. and Roll Hall of Fame actually has a piece of the plane. It was, that says Otis Redding on the side of it. Is that the same crash that killed the Big Bopper? The Big Bopper. And Richie Valens, right? Uh, I don't, or am I getting everything mixed up? See, we need I don't to do think some they research. Were, I don't think they were on the same plane. Okay. I think I know Richie Valens and the Big Bopper. That was the day the music died. Right. So. I think I'm twisting my stories all into one. Leonard Skinner, you said that one already. Who died in a bus crash? Bus rolled over on him. I think it was somebody's drummer, and I can't think of who it is. Um, What's his name from Metallica? The bass player from Metallica. Was it the bass player? Okay. Yeah. Um, the bus rolled over. He James, died in the crash. James Burton. And then when they tried to pull the bus off of him, mm-hmm. it released and fell on him again. Right. Yeah, that was James Burton from Metallica. Oh, my God. And that's, that's when Jason Newstead came in to play bass for him and said, so. What a horrible way to go. Oh, yeah. Well, um, the bass player from Trans-Siberian Orchestra just died a couple of years ago, like two years ago. They were, he was on tour with another band. I can't remember the name of them right now. But um, they got a flat tire, pulled over to the side of the road, and a semi hit their touring vehicle, and it burst into flames. He burned up inside the vehicle. Oh. Yeah. So there's a lot of those, man. We should we should research these and find out because there's a lot of different tragic endings to rock stars. Indeed. All right, want to listen to some Stevie Ray Vaughan? Give me some. You know who I want to be on that track? The guy who's just walking that bass line. That bass line. <laughs> dum, 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 dum. Yeah, yeah. Dude, he's not a ripping fast solo, but a tasty solo, man. He's got great tone playing that Fender Strat. And he used 12 gauge strings on his guitar. That's like cables, man. Like big, thick strings. Yes. And there's, there's a really sweet video of him online. 
and uh, he's jamming, and he busts a, a guitar string and just keeps jamming. The string's flopping over. The guy comes out, and they toss guitars back out, and he just keeps on trucking like it never happened, man. One thing I love in that song, there's a couple spots in that solo where you just kind of want to make that I just sucked a lemon face. Where he's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's bending that note up, and he oh, just... Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, incredible. All right. I got so, another one for you. Oh, I was going to say, we've been hitting some big names. Here's a good one. My dad's favorite band of all time, the Eagles. I thought it was in sync. <laughs> good thing my dad doesn't listen to podcasts. <laughs> he should. We're very clean. Yes. He'd probably enjoy it. He loves music. He actually loves Michael Jackson, man. Thriller is one of his favorite albums, but he loves the Eagles and he loves Joe Walsh, which bravo. My dad's got good taste in music. Well, side note, does your dad play anything at all? He does not. Um, he sang in choir back in high school and stuff, but never played an instrument. My whole family was musically inclined. Everybody plays or sings. So hence the recording studio in my basement. <laughs> but, so, Hotel California. Everybody knows this solo. It's been done a hundred times by every bar band out there. Incredible guitar solo. Joe Walsh, Don Felder, back and forth. I hope we're in, in simpatico with each other and I've got it queued up to the right point. <laughs> Forgive me if I don't. Hit me. Guitar solo. 
I love the dual lead. Don Felder, little dude, playing this big double neck white SG. And then Joe Walsh being the crazy man he is. Oh, he's a nut. Such a good interview. I love listening anytime anyone interviews Joe Walsh. And I'm not a big Eagles, Eagles fan. fan. In right. fact, I, I don't want to say I hate that song. I kind of hate it in the way that I hate Stairway to Heaven in as much as you've just heard it so many times. Right. It's right. nice to listen to it in that way, though. You know, when someone you're talking music with just points out, like, listen to how they're going back and forth. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I love that solo, man. I, that's that's one of those that I, well, pretty much all of these, but that's really one of those you just sit back and just listen and hear the. You can hear them guys interacting with each other, and I enjoy that. But as much as that band hates each other, <laughs> because rumors are, right, they cannot stand each other. They can't stand being in the same room together, which is unfathomable to me. I and mean, these guys have wrote hundreds of hit songs. Incredible. They've toured all over the world multiple times and they can't even stand to be in the same room together. I can't imagine that. Well, that could be a total another episode. Bands who hate each other. Look at Oasis. Look oh, at yeah. the brothers in Oasis. Look at the Robinson brothers from um from the Black Crows. Van Halen. Yeah. Yeah, guys. The brothers just, that can't get along with anybody. Even to some extent, you hear some stuff like about Aerosmith, mm-hmm. about Joe Perry and Steve Tyler. Right. But they well, managed to kind of stick it out, though. Right. Yeah, they've never been Aerosmith without. But even look at uh, Bon Jovi, Richie Sambora and John Bon Jovi. Richie Sambora is not in that band anymore. And Richie Sambora was half of Bon Jovi, man. And that get that guitar stuff. Which speaking of great guitar players, Richie Sambora. I mean, yeah, we didn't pull up anything we, from him. We too. should have put him on the list. Wanted Dead or Alive. The intro, the acoustic intro, and the guitar solo on that song are phenomenal. We can, what a great we tune! We can cue that up pretty easily. Oh yeah, that's easy to find somewhere. <clears throat> well, how, when did they start having a falling out? Bon Jovi. Um, I think it was in, within the last probably five to ten years. I guess Richie really fell off the wagon and started drinking a lot, and it caused a lot of problems in the band. I know he had gotten uh, pulled over for DUI a few times and stuff, and then he just kind of blasted off. They got a guy in there named Phil X now. who Nobody you've ever heard of, but he's a great guitar player. And if you ever watch, um, go on Netflix and pull up. It's called Hired Gun. Mm-hmm. Great movie. It's all about these uh, musicians that play in bands that you don't know who they are, but they're playing for like Pink and Bon Jovi and, and all these huge acts, but you have no clue who these guys are. You're like, oh, I'm going to see Pink, and he that that guitar player is pretty good. I don't know who he is, but he's great. And that it's a whole movie about these guys, and they interview these guys. Well, I had something else queued up to play, but do you want to hear the opening to Wanted Dead or Alive first? Sure. Because now I kind of want to hear it. Yeah, man. The guitar solo in there is great, too. But the intros, as soon as that starts playing, everybody recognizes Wanted Dead or Alive. We can talk over it if you want. Or just let it play. 
I love it. One of the most recognizable rock intros. Everybody knows that song when they start hearing that intro. Every guitar player has learned that, how to play that on acoustic guitar. Rumor is they wrote that in Richie's mom's basement. I I love to think about what that would be like, man. You and your buddy are sitting in your mom's basement and you're coming up with songs like this. And now it's one of the most recognizable songs out there. Everybody knows this song. But it was you and your buddy in your mom's basement turning this song out, man. Well, um, Sweet Child of Mine just kind of started off with, wasn't that just like an exercise? Yeah, it was a practice lick. Slash was doing a practice lick. And then they started playing along with him. And that's a song that's notable for just you know, being introduced by this yeah. incredible guitar lick and having right. at least one solo, two solos in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's just like Wanted Dead or Alive. When, as soon as you hear that opening riff, you know that sweet child of mine. That's yeah. That's it. I mean, it's very distinguished. Everybody knows it. Well, in Wanted Dead or Alive, as soon as I hear those, those chimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That little, like, wind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. How familiar are you with the band Spinal Tap? Oh, come on. What? <laughs> this one goes to 11. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Which is where I think we set our levels today, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, it's a parody band. It's a spoof band, right? Right. But those are guys who all play their own instruments. I actually you know, heard they're getting back together. Are they? Yes. That would be a show that would be worth it to see. Oh, yeah. I would love it. But they're all talented as hell. Yes. They just kill it. The funniest one was in there. They were doing a live performance of the song, the lick I'm going to play for you next from uh, Tonight I'm Going to Rock You Tonight. Right. It's a great name for a song. And they're being lowered down from the ceiling on wires, and two of the guys get stuck. Yeah, trapped in the, in the <laughs> trapped pod in the or bubble or whatever it is. They're trapped on the wires. And oh, no. Like one of them, one of the stagehands <laughs> comes and puts a box under his feet so he can stand. Right. Right. And the other one is just ripping off the solos while he's like floating in midair. <laughs> It's funny. I like the Stonehenge where they're lowering the Stonehenge and it's like a two foot tall Stonehenge and it's supposed to be huge. <laughs> you know, David Gilmore's played with him. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. So this is, excuse me. This is tonight. I'm going to rock you tonight. Just a nice. quick, quick little solo from it. I love that name. <laughs> I mean, it's just a parody band, right? But right, I mean, right. 
That's killer, though. That's what's so great, man, because they're... The Spinal Tap movie is hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's total worth watching. So... It's one of those things where they they really get the industry, you know? They're, right. like, really in touch with, like, the zeitgeist of heavy metal bands at that time. Right. Even to putting an umlaut over the <laughs> eye and spinal tap, right? Right. And, and to, to some extent, I mean, Queen is, but is not part of that heavy metal universe, but a lot of people took a lot of cues from Queen. Well, they were such a out there band. I but, mean, they, they broke boundaries. Well, with Spinal Tap, it was they're imitating the heavy metal guys who wanted to be larger than life, right? And they just wanted to have these huge personalities and presences when they played. And that's Queen right. all the way. Right. You know, no one had a bigger presence. And to this day, very few people have as big a presence right. as uh, Freddie Mercury. Yeah, he was. He made that band. And Brian May is a phenomenal guitar player. Very talented. Super intelligent, too. Astrophysicist. But uh, Freddie Mercury made Queen. His flamboyantness, his ideas, always just pushing the edge of the envelope. And that that's where Queen came from. And as we learned from the movie, I didn't know that the other guys were part of a band called smile before that. Yeah. And I know there's, I know the movie's not a hundred percent accurate. But Freddie had actually been hanging around those guys for a while and had been wanting to try and get involved with the band. Right. So it didn't just happen like the very first night that they right. met and their lead singer quits. And then Freddie's like, Oh yeah, I can sing. Right. You know, I'll audition for you. And the, the whole thing about his teeth. Yeah. Got, yeah. He hated his teeth, but that's what helped him sing. It gave him like a, a total dynamic range that his mouth was that way. Yeah, that four octave range, something right, like that. Right. They got that pretty right in the movie. Yeah. His chompers were out there. So <laughs> yes. I've seen Raimi Malik in a lot of things, and those are not his teeth. But <laughs> again, he was he was Freddie Mercury all the way. Oh yeah, he owned that role. Yeah. Yeah, he did a good job. I'd be really. I would not be surprised if he won uh, an Oscar for Best Actor. Yeah. For that role. Yeah, that was that, the movie. Anybody that hasn't seen it, that's worth watching. It's worth seeing. So. That's, again, getting way off off topic, but I love movie roles right. where the actor becomes that person. They completely transform. We just um, we just watched The Dark Knight. Oh, the night. I Heath, just rewatched it recently, too. Heath Ledger. I mean, he became the Joker. Yeah. It, like to a creepiness that was phenomenal. It made that movie. Before that movie came out and was still in production, there was so much backlash about Heath Ledger from all the comic book nerds. Yeah. No offense, anyone out there. <laughs> to the people who are Jay really... Jay is a comic book nerd, so... <laughs> <laughs> right. To some extent, to a large extent. Um, but no, nobody wanted him. Like, he's not going to be able to pull this off. You know, and I think... People were still thinking of like Jack Nicholson doing it. Right. And that for a lot of people is their iconic role. Right. Um, but for a lot of comic book people, there was the Batman cartoon that was on. And um, a lot of people consider that Joker, the iconic one. Um, just a little side trivia. Do you know who voiced that Joker? No. Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker. Really? Yeah. Wow. 
this really high cackly you, you can't hear his voice in it no so the when you're watching the dark knight and he walks into that room and pulls that pencil out and says i'm gonna make this pencil disappear and then grabs that guy and slams his head down on it and the pencil's gone you're like oh my gosh when when he walks in that room he's just doing that creepy laugh he's just yes. like oh ah ah just real slow oh, yeah and they never tell you anything about his background no they leave it all for you to kind of guess or right. you know conjecture and then two-face in that movie oh yeah um oh my gosh i can't aaron aaron eckhart yeah mm-hmm. they captured that pretty well yeah Although just for and the real graphics short, yeah. on his face were just the CGI was impressive. That was phenomenal, man. He takes a shot of whiskey and you just see yeah, it run right. out the hole yes. on the side of his face. <laughs> yeah, they did a great job with that movie. That was a movie that was more about the villains, or at least the main villain, than it was about Batman. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. We've <laughs> we've totally gone off the subject of guitar solos with this. <laughs> Who were we? Oh, Queen. We were talking about Queen. Queen. Yes. Oh. Sir Brian May, PhD, astrophysicist, did his thesis on interstellar dust, if I'm not mistaken. Oh my gosh. I can't believe that there's people who study interstellar dust. Yeah, right? I'm in awe. It's super intelligent and a phenomenal musician. I think the two go hand in hand? I think, I think so. Do you think some people almost break it down mathematically? Yes. Because it's, it is. Music is all math. Studies have shown that, that people who are musically inclined are better at math. Really? Yes. There's a direct coalition between both. I can see it. I can see it's just your brain kind of works in a more intuitive right. way. Right. Because, like you said, music is, is a lot of mathematical. The timing, the notes, they even have they have, even have systems called, like the Nashville number system where they've taken the notes and turned them into numbers and there's tab, which is all well, numbers. It's, it's all frequencies. Right. Right. So. The big, one of the big tracks, of course, that everyone has to know is Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah. I don't know if the guitar solo is better or the, the vocal breakdown in the middle is better. <laughs> which is, I correct me if I'm wrong, is that all Freddie Mercury? Playing, singing all the parts I'd, in the recording, in the studio recording. I'd have to, have per, to the, per the movie, no. Right. But again, we know there's a lot of there's inaccuracies, inaccuracies in the movie. That just happened with the Outside movie of movie. the movie, I'm not sure. We'll have to, I'm going to look that up Yeah, later. we need to find that out. Because I can see him laying down several just different multiple tracks. tracks. Yeah. And there'd have to be like 10, 12, six, 10, 12 different tracks in that. Well, you can do a lot of tricks with it, too. Oh, yeah. So here's the first solo. Whoa, sorry. Here's the first solo from Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> I'm not on my game today. I'm sick. Let that play in the background. Yes, because I love this part. But now I think of the Muppets when I hear it. Yes. For anybody who hasn't seen the Muppets do Bohemian Rhapsody, 
pull it up on YouTube. Wonderful. I'm a big Muppet fan. I love the Muppets. I'm surprised nothing like that has made it to Broadway. How we have not really had Muppets on Broadway. Besides a movie. Did, there's a Muppets on Broadway movie. No, it's Muppets Take Manhattan. Muppets Take Manhattan. Yeah. But how have they not done a Broadway production? I mean, I don't know. they did Snoopy, right? They did Peanuts. Right. They've done all of the all of the Disney musicals, right? Like, yes. Ad nauseum almost. <laughs> every Disney princess, every Disney everything. Speaking of, did I tell you what we scored tickets to? What? Hamilton. You did tell me this, man. Bravo. That was my wonderful wife entering into the lottery. Nice. Got the email. I saw somebody else on uh, Facebook the other day was like, please let me get tickets for Hamilton. And you guys scored them. Nice. Oh, it was pure luck. Speaking of your lovely wife, sitting here in the studio with headphones on today. Hi, Laura. Hey, She's Laura. She's so quiet there. She's not even saying a word. She is waving and smiling, though. I think her face is turning red now. They can't see you because we're on the radio. Not even on the radio. We're recording. It's probably good that they can't see what she's doing right now, too. I know. Jeez. Giving some obscene hand gestures. I didn't know you knew sign language. Bravo. (laughs) Ready? Ready. Ready. Give it. two of the cheesiest parts of the movie I think but they're also two of my favorite parts one is when they're just working on getting the rhythm for we will rock you and they're saying you know I just want you know I want a song that the entire audience can sing along to right and just doing that stamp stamp clap right and the other one is when they're fighting the band's fighting amongst themselves and the bass player what is Deacon is that, is that their place? bass player? Yep. Just starts ripping out the lick to another one bites yeah. the dust. Yep. What a concept for a song. No music at all. Just dum dum goom dum Right. And then lyrics. That was awesome. Oh, and it's it's so iconic because we played in the car today for our 
you know, seven and 13 year old and they totally know it. Right. And totally start right. stomping to, to the beat off beat, which is sad because they're both dancers. I was like, <laughs> how do you guys dance? You have no rhythm. I said that to them too. I got some looks for that. I said, my daughter is 22 and her favorite band is queen. And I used to pick her up in elementary school and I could tell if she had had a bad day. All I'd have to do is put on Fat Bottom Girls by Queen. And within two seconds, there was a smile on her face. It was phenomenal. What is that song that makes just makes you so happy? Right. As soon as I hear that, it's such a fun yeah. song. To... So that opening like, oh, you going to take me home tonight. And that's it. <laughs> and I love waiting for that hand clap in the middle of it. That... Yeah. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love the left alone with big fat fatty. She was such a naughty nanny. Who writes that? Heap big woman. <laughs> That's what he says. I used yes. to think he said, hey, big woman. And I looked up the lyrics. That's heap big woman. I have no idea what that means. I don't know. But it's phenomenal. It's <laughs> yes. great. Good lyrics. And Bohemian Rhapsody. After that vocal part, when it kicks in, that second solo he played, everybody knows. Wayne's World. The, the Wayne's World part. That's what comes to everybody's head, man. If you haven't seen Wayne's World, you got to see that movie, too. It's wonderful. I think that revitalized that song. It did. It brought it back. I think it like flew up the charts after. Well, it Wayne's came World. back with that movie, and it's been back ever since. Everyone knows that song now. What was the the Mirthmobile? Was it a gremlin or a pacer? I think it was a little gremlin. Was it a gremlin? Yeah. It's <laughs> good trivia. <laughs> What are your thoughts on Mark Knopfler? I think he's a great player. Is he? It's almost like, where is he? Why does nobody ever talk about Mark Knopfler and what he brings? I don't know. That's a good question, man, because there's, uh, there's some great players out there. And in the guitar community, people, oh, yeah, he's a good player. But as far as a general listening public, they don't think they're anything phenomenal. But Mark Knopfler's phenomenal, man. He's he's a killer player. I'm gonna look at my wife. Do you know who Mark Knopfler is? No. A lot of people wouldn't. No. Do you know who Dire Straits is? Yeah. Yeah. Money for nothing, chicks for free. Right. Everybody knows that. Sons of swing. Yeah. But they don't know that's Mark Knopfler. Another guy that's, that's like that is John Mayer. Killer, killer guitar player. But everybody knows him for. Your, Your body's, body's a, a wonderland. wonderland, and that's it. All the all the pop radio stuff. But you go see him live or pull up some of the YouTube stuff. That dude is a shredder. Someone else at work just said the same thing too. I can't remember. I think it was one of the nurses, and she was like, "Yeah, to watch him play yeah. in concert, watch him play live." Right. He used to do He'll this. Blow your socks off. He used to do this thing too. I watched the whole, like I don't know, behind the music or something of him. He would put on like this bear outfit or something and go out in the parking lot before shows and walk around and talk to people and people. And no one knew who he was. Nobody knew who he was. Well, that's bizarre. Yeah. It was just like a character and nobody knew who he was. So it was cool. It sounds like something like Stephen Colbert would do or something right, like that. Right. Or uh, who, who does it? Is it Jimmy Fallon? Like I saw the one where uh, um, Maroon 5 was actually playing in the subway and they were all Oh, in they're the busking. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, like halfway through the song, they rip off to the skies, and it's Maroon Five playing in the subway. We've seen him do that at least three times now. He did it with U two, yeah, 
which was really cool because then they like they're just playing and they're horrible and then they peel off the disguises and they break into desire right and everyone's slowly like holy cow that's you too right and then they did it with a female vocalist i want to say it's like it might be like Christina Aguilera. Oh, I no, didn't see it was that Miley one. Cyrus. Oh, really? Yeah, it was Miley Cyrus. Somebody it was a just, ton of fun. Somebody just sent me a, a video today of Miley Cyrus just tearing this song up, and it was actually very good. It was a rocking tune, man. You know, we we hearken back to our guilty pleasures, and this is a guilty pleasure for me because so many people hate this segment. But um, James James Corden on the Carpool Karaoke. Yeah. When he has to do have you watched any of those? No. I, I get such a kick out of those. Really? He did one with um Paul McCartney. Sir oh, nice. Paul McCartney. Nice. It was a little bit different. Usually it's just like him driving in the car and he'll pretend like he needs directions. So like the star will hop in and like help chauffeur, but they'll start listening to their music, singing along, singing to other people's stuff. But they did um Paul McCartney and they actually toured the history of Paul McCartney and the Beatles, where he grew up you know, pubs they played in. Wow. And then Paul McCartney did this show at this little pub. Um, and it was, it's really worth watching. It's a lot of fun. And it's, especially if you're a Beatles fan, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia and a nice. lot of history in that. That would be awesome, man. Yeah. Can you imagine walking into a little club and Paul McCartney's like hanging out there yeah. jamming? I'd be blown away. <laughs> um, ooh, the other band, like Dave Grohl's done stuff like that too. Yeah. Like that, the, bar he always talks about from Chicago, the Cubby Bear, which mm-hmm. is right across from Wrigley Field. I think he's gone in there and done some impromptu concerts. Nice. And he even did a thing. Uh, do you remember a few years back where I think it was a contest, but the guy who won got to have the Foo Fighters play from oh, I remember from his that. garage. Yeah, I remember that. So, I mean, that's just a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, that's awesome, man. You want to win fans and followers. I like I like when people come back to little places like that. That's like yeah. That's one of the reasons John 5 comes back. And plays at the Token Lounge. Tickets are like 20 bucks to go see him. And that's what he said. He said, because he's from Michigan. Mm-hmm. And when he grew up playing in cover bands, he would play at the Token Lounge. And he wanted to come back. And that's where he wanted to play was the Token. He could have played anywhere, but he played at the Token. Because that's where he, that's where his roots were. I love when they come back and do that for their fans, you know. I think you're going to have some people checking out John 5. I hope so. After this episode. He's a, he's a killer player, man. Swing it back around. Swing it back around. To, to the, the Sultans, Sultans of, of swing. swing, yes. So here's a little Mark Knopfler. He's, he's got a couple of good solos. Oh, yeah. Out of, just out on this track alone. So... nothing crazy flashy about it right no but it's good and tasteful solo everything he does through this whole song though if you listen to all the 
the little licks that he plays in between, like that right there. That, yeah. yeah, just the little licks he plays throughout this whole song. That's what makes this song. He's got one more. Actually, it's just going to start playing in a second anyway. Right. Yeah, right, right here closes out the song. that song it's one of my favorite dire straits tunes do we i know we're starting to run on time here yeah we're getting close can i get one more in oh yeah definitely we have plenty of time we close out plenty of time and we try to keep to that hour mark it's right. hard when we oh, start yeah. going way off topic and start talking about batman right i don't know how that happened but guitar I solos that. batman i don't know now, jazz and the Joker would work together, right? Right. Like improv and building order out of chaos. Right. Right. So right. That's pretty good, huh? Well, that's, that's like kind of the running joke with some of the musicians I play with. If you make a mistake, that's not a mistake. I was playing jazz. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they say something like that at dance, too. Like if one of the girls falls, so you, so you, didn't, you don't fall, you just kind of incorporate it into the dance. Oh, nice. Right? Yeah. Improv. Right. That's where improv comes from. I don't know how many times over the years of playing guitar where I've actually made a mistake and I was like, oh, that actually worked pretty good. That sounded yeah. great. I've heard cover albums, like I've heard Clapton cover blues guys, and he plays it note for note, perfect. Mm -hmm. But you almost wonder if it's like too perfect. Right. Like would it be, would it add something if you got off a little bit? Yeah. Or added your own to it? Just improvised a little bit, kind of stepped outside of the box a little. What do you got for me? One of the last things, unless there's anything else you want to add to, um, is Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. It's Jimmy Page. Yep. Is there one, I've got one song loaded up already that I've got queued up. Is there anything that, like solo-wise of Jimmy Page that comes to your mind? Well, obviously, it's Stairway to Heaven. I mean, what a great solo. Right. The, the intro to it's great, too. Um, the whole song, that's a great song. There's a lot of good um, like memorable riffs. I don't know about s solos. I mean, he's done some great solos too, but uh, there's memorable riffs yeah. from Led Zeppelin tunes that were just all phenomenal. Like Bla I love Black Dog. Yeah. Black Dog's just got a great riff to it. Um, whole lot of love. Just da -da 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 -da. I love that. Oh, that, that you start playing that. You amped up yeah, immediately. Everybody's like, oh yeah, yeah, I love me that. So Especially if you got a guy who can hit that kind of, that range. Right. Uh, do you know the song Heartbreaker? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what I've got queued up. That's a great solo. Actually, it's very funny. Um, I have a, a CD player that you can put a CD into, and it slows it down 50% without losing pitch, so you can learn solos. Oh. 
And a buddy and my of mine and I did that to this song. And when you listen to it at half speed, you you can hear actually how sloppy it is. Really, which is really weird because it's it's phenomenal solo and it sounds great, but to slow it down, you're like, oh man, he's he's playing a little sloppy there. I can't. We're gonna listen to it. I can't envision this <laughs> slow down. I do can it. slow it down. I could do it actually. Oh, but. nice. Yeah, hit it. see if we can do this you want to see if we can slow it down and hear what it sounds like if you can slow it down man hit it because you'll be like oh yeah he does play a little sloppy through that song that solo let's see what this winds up sounding like it's not disappointing that just sounds out of tune right I just walked into Guitar Center. <laughs> See how sloppy? I could well, I could hear it in the right. If the you speed, if you listen for it, you'll hear it. But at fifty percent, oh my gosh, you're like, wow, that's that's a little sloppy there. I hope everyone out there appreciates if they just heard my voice crack. <laughs> we definitely had a was it a Partridge Family? Was that? You're not going through puberty again, are you? No, I'm going through laryngitis. <laughs> yes, we're all thankful that Jay is actually on the air today. Yesterday, no voice at all. Woke up, it was gone. So, do you want to do? Do you have anything else, or are you just you ready to get out of here? I don't know, man. I say we can call it. That'd be good. Well, if we um, don't now, we're going to keep talking for another hour. Right. We'll have a two-hour episode of guitar solos, and I'm sure. We'll get a lot of emails about, and we welcome that, about people's guitar solos that we missed or forgotten. Yeah. There's so many of them out there. We had so many that we queued up right. to the solos, too, that we didn't even right. we didn't even get to. Right. So, yeah, you guys check this episode out, and if you've got some great guitar solos that, that we may have missed or that you feel are needed to be on the list, let us know, man. Maybe we'll hit another episode of great guitar solos, great guitar players. So, Anyone you want me to take us out with? I got one more, man. And it's actual... It, the whole song is basically a guitar solo. So, Joe Satriani, always with you, always with me. I'm actually going to send that out to my daughter. Are you? Yeah, that was kind of like a song for us, just because of the title. Always with you, always with me. So it's a great tune. Satriani's a great guitar player. And uh, no words, just all guitar playing music. Stu Ham playing bass, who's a phenomenal bass player, which we should probably get into that sometime too. Great bass players. Everybody talks about guitar players, but there's a lot of great bass players out there too. 
Like that one guy from The Who, or that other guy from Led Zeppelin who's That's not... the only ones I know. <laughs> Thank you, Homer Simpson. <laughs> we'll actually play that, too, and spoiler alert. I oh, don't... yeah. It's one of my favorite scenes. That's awesome. I love that one. <laughs> okay. All right. Give me some uh, Satriani, man. Always with you, always with me. Thanks for listening, everyone.